Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're talking about on this podcast. Another ATP Challenger-centric episode from Cracked Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. On today's show, the guys recap a Challenger final that surprisingly was played on two different surfaces. They also explain why last week's conditions at the Mexico Challenger were perfect for for eventual champion Mark Andre Hussler, they share their grief following the sudden death of Livestream.com slash ATP. Of course, that website, such an essential resource for all of us who want to follow the day-in, day-out happenings of the ATP Challenger Tour. And for now, it looks like that website has been taken down. So, of course, Damon and Jakob get into the implications of that decision, why it is such a bad news, uh, I suppose, bulletin for all of us ATP Challenger fans. But but of course, then they get into the rest of the week's action and so much more. It is another fantastic episode that we here at Cracked Rackets know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, it's busy times right now across the tennis world. Things are always happening at the ATP Challenger level. But of course, we're coming off of a four-event week at the ATP and WTA Tour level. If you are looking for recaps of any of the action, whether it be from Stuttgart, Barcelona, Istanbul, you name it, we're covering it over on the Mini Break Podcast feed. You can go find those podcasts on our website, crackedrackets.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Of course, we are very excited to have a fun slate of guests coming up this week on the Cracked Interviews podcast, so you won't want to miss out on any of those episodes. And then, of course, we'll be covering all of the latest and greatest happenings in the college world here on this feed throughout the course of the week, very close to the start of the NCAA tournament. And I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but sincerely, folks, so many of these players you see compete on the challenge tour have former or current college tennis ties and if you want to see those players perhaps before they make their big breakthrough thinks of the guys like the Nuno Borgeses of the world the Alex Vukic's of the world the Yannick Hanifmans of the world who have had so much success on the challenger tour of late obviously Brandon Nakashima's Jensen Brooksby's perhaps more notable examples of that if you want to see them in their early development stages and competing within the energy and framework of the team environment I promise you will not regret your decision to tune into college tennis, and this is not one of those years where you just want to watch the NCAA final. I promise the next month of action, it's all going to be crazy. You don't want to miss out on any of it. If you need to play catch-up, we cover all the Division I women's action Tuesday nights live on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We talk about the Division I men's action live on Thursday nights, and you can find those uh, conversations as Great Shot podcast episodes later on in the week. But again, we've got you covered. Challengers, tour-level, college level, you name it. We've got it covered on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, for the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at CrackedRackets. You want to message me directly, I am at AL Gruskin. A shout out, as always, to our friends over at Turna, the lifeblood of this podcast. Make it possible for us to cover each level with the depth that we do. And of course, Turner has been covering four tennis players everywhere since its founding all of those years ago. The Turner grip synonymous with, I would say, just about every grip you have heard of, that iconic bluish purple hue you see as the grip of so many touring pros, college players, local players in your area. There's a reason so many people in the tennis world trust Turna, and it's not just grips, folks. Strings and so much other equipment that's perfect to accentuate your game. If you would like to join the Turna family, you can contact them by emailing sales at uniquesports.com today. You mentioned Cracked Rackets uh, sent you. 
They'll hook you up with discounted prices, hook you up with free samples, treat you like family, which is, of course, all we can ask from them. And again, to learn more about what's going on over at Turner, email sales at uniquesports.com today. Again, that's sales at uniquesports.com today. With that said, let's get to it. Another ATP Challenger-centric episode from Crack Rackets contributors Damian Kustin, Jakob Bobro, Westoff. Hit those opening credits. Let's start today's show. Hey, Cracked fans. We are so excited to be welcoming our friends at Turna back to this show as a supporting sponsor moving forward. Now, of course, all of you tennis fans know Turna Tennis for their world-famous Turna grip, that iconic purple-colored grip you see on the rackets of so many different professional tennis players. But did you also know that they make the tackiest grip in the world? That's right, folks, the brand-new Turna Tennis Mega Tack Grip. It's the tackiest grip on the market. It starts tacky and, simply put, stays Stays tacky longer than any other grip you'll find out there. And if you tell your opponent, what do I use on my racket? I use the Mega Tack. You're going to be attacking with that Mega Tack from start to finish. If you've seen anything we do at Cracked Rackets, you know I'm a hairy guy. As you can imagine, I sweat when I play. The only grip that works for me is the Turna Tennis Grip. Of course, the Mega Tack taking things to the next level. How can you get yourself hooked up with a Turna Grip today? It's simple. You're going to either find it wherever you buy your tennis grip. Goods, or you can email them directly by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. That's sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Crack Racket sent you in the email. We would greatly appreciate that as they let you, them know that we sent you there. But more importantly, you'll get a free sample and they'll treat you as family moving forward. Again, you email sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Crack Rackets. You get the free sample. You get hooked up with our friends at Turner. Once you use a Turner Grip, you're never going to turn anywhere else. Of course, again, ask them about about the Mega Tack, the tackiest grip on the market. Contact sales at uniquesports.com and get started with our friends at Turn to Tennis today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, uh, welcome to the next episode uh, of the Challenge Podcast. I am here once again joined by friend Jakub, and I think we have to talk about one more retirement before we start, which is like, you know, it happens every week now. Uh, he didn't actually play a challenger this week, but he played it. He played one in March, and it's Tommy Robredo, whom I guess we we should have some good memories with, right? <laughs> Yeah, goodbye to Tommy Robredo, who I thought he was going to keep playing forever, frankly. Um, I, I didn't think he was ever going to finish. Um, but, but he's finished his career uh, playing in Barcelona. I, I watched the match against Zapata Binares. Obviously, he did not have anything at all in the match. Uh, the crowd were cheering every single point that he won uh, so much. And, and I obviously just wanted to finish at home. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's sort of become a, a, a challenger player uh, over, over the past three years. 
Um, yeah. So do you think are going to be your favorite memories of, of Tomiro Bredo? I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff that I saw on TV, but I, I did we, we get to watch him a few times in Sopot as well, where he was very loved because he won that tournament back when it was a 250, uh, 2001 and 2007. I think he won it twice. Uh, so when he came there in 2018, already as a veteran, no one thought he could do anything. And then he beat Nedoviesov and the top seed Delian. Uh, brilliant matches, really. Uh, and you know the, the atmosphere was great. Uh, the fight that he still had left in him was was just fantastic to watch. So uh, definitely will be deeply missed. Uh, even though this year he he played just three matches, of course. But he, the, you know, the win over Uchida in Monterey was actually pretty good. Uh, but I, I guess yeah. it was really, you know, it, it probably was time to go. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, let's let's get to it then. Yeah, for, for me, probably my favorite memory of Robedo was that Valencia final in 2014. Yeah, uh, where he plays Murray, and it's just that long, long match. Um, yeah, and if you remember, they played in Shenzhen uh, earlier, like a couple weeks prior, or maybe a couple weeks. After no no yeah, Valencia, yeah, Valencia was late yeah yeah and both in both finals uh, Murray saved five match points right insane stuff um, but, but but I'm sort of glad that he he dropped down uh, and, and and he sort of stuck around for you know eight more years after that happened and people already thought he was old then um, so uh, it's, it's it's been pretty great with with Roberto yeah. Cool. Uh, should we move on to some tournaments that we had? Yes, of course. Yes, let's start in in Prague. Uh, it it is the the well the country where you're in uh, right now, as as we'll get to later, I'm sure. Sebastian Offner winning his third challenger title, uh, first since May 2019 in Puerto Vallarta, in the 20 spots, number 188. He beat Lestien, uh, Rodionov, Foretek. Tseng, and in the final, Dalibor Svercina, 6-love, six 6-4. Um, yeah, how, how did you like Ofnet this week? Is he is he truly back? I guess. I mean, it's just his third event back. He had uh, left foot surgery in October. Uh, he was pretty solid already last week, right? Uh, and to this, I mean, he, he had a really tough draw, especially con- compared to Svercina. So, uh, so to beat Rodionov, Foreit against Sang, especially in a row, uh, my pick uh, for, for the title, uh, was certainly quite impressive. Uh, it's also his first clay title, right? If, if, I, if I remember correctly. I think so, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is kind of funny. Uh, because I always figured he was sort of good on good on all, all surfaces. Uh, a pretty weird final, of course, because it's not often that you get to finish it indoors and also on a different surface, which is quite yeah. wild. But I mean, if if in this matchup playing this on indoor hard fits Offner, if it's if it's anyone, it's definitely Offner. Yeah. Uh, and you know. In, in a way, it was actually closer after the break because when, when the rain delay started, it was 4-0, 15-0 often, I think. And then they finished it indoors. So it, it was actually closer. But, you know, if, if we get an indoor match between Sina and Ofner, he's always going to be the favorite, unless it was his first match after the injury, but it's not. Uh, but, it's, you know, still, still a hugely impressive week. We'll see what he does with it later because, honestly, I was sort of... I sort of crossed out Ofner from like my mind when he had that break. Like I thought, okay, and then 
he's probably never going to, you know, maybe he will still will win challengers at some point or something, but, but, you know, not, I didn't really see him as a player with much potential anymore. Well, we'll be seeing a lot of him because uh, he's playing next week and the two weeks after that, all, all of them he's scheduled for a tournament. Uh, so we'll be possibly talking about him again. Who knows if he'll, if he'll make another run here. As for Svarcina, his second challenger final, he moves up 33 spots to number 216, his new career high ranking. Yes, a much easier road uh, for the for the Czech youngster, beating Jonel, Krutich, Justino, and a walkover from uh, Machac. Uh, but still, so impressive that, that, he, that he got there for, for Svarcina. Uh, sort of tried to defend his title because it's the same courts, but uh, but you know back uh, last year it was a challenger fifty that he won, but uh, but beating guy you know beating two qualifiers, then Justino via retirement, then uh, walk over yeah. over Mahach. Yeah, that that has to be one of the softer roads that that we that we're gonna see this year, and maybe it showed in the final that he just didn't really have any any sort of test prior to that. Yeah, I mean he'll he'll probably take the points either way. Uh, of course. <laughs> he won't be complaining. Uh, as for the semi-finalists, uh, we had Machac, uh, who who beat Vibensky through retirement in the first round. Uh, then Evan Furness uh, coming back from a set down, and then Lukas Rosso tiebreak and a bagel. Um, how did you like uh, Machac here? It's been a while since he played any anything, right? <laughs> I mean, pretty much since Australia, we haven't really seen him in top form. So it's nice that he won these few matches. I, I, you know, he had his ribs, I think, in the in the quarterfinals. That's why he was missing from the semis. So we'll, we'll see how you know, for how long that takes him out of the competition. Probably, I hope, hopefully not for that long. Yes, and then your pick, uh, Chung Sin Seng, who I thought was going to win this, and you were going to get a point here. Um, his road was beating Morocanas uh, in the first round, then Lucas Midler, uh, third set tiebreak win over Baranko Cosano, uh, and then lost to Ofner in three. Uh, is it more sort of encouraging signs for, for Tseng? 19-17 on the year. Uh, he still moves up the rankings a little bit. 19-17? Uh, oh, sorry, 19-7. Yeah, <laughs> that sounded pretty bad for Tseng. Yeah. Also, who would play 17 tournaments at the, at the end of April? Uh, he actually struggled to beat Baranko Cosano like lots. There, there, there were multiple comebacks in that match. Uh, but sure, I mean, he's definitely proven since like the beginning of December that he can get, he can just grab these deep runs in challengers constantly right now. And this was just yet another one of them, really. Yeah, so so despite the the decent ranking, uh, he's still a good way ahead of the uh, away from the top one hundred. Yeah. Still one hundred and forty-ish points, uh, one hundred thirty-five. Yeah, do do you think he'll make it this year? Top one hundred, yeah, probably. I I don't know if he's going to make any major impact because that's a completely different question. Yeah, but 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 top one hundred seems very very doable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about any of the quarterfinals? Maybe Foretek here uh, uh, made the quarters with a wild card. Beat to your pick. Yeah. My pick. Yeah, Daniel Atmaier took him out um, in the in the second round. Uh, yeah, j- j- just a little bit on Altmaier. Really, really, even even that first round was a struggle against Krummi. 
I, I thought he was going to lose that one, to be honest. And Krumich is famously no great shakes. Uh, even on the ITF circuit, he, he doesn't win matches regularly. Um, yeah, kind of concerning for Altmaier, isn't it? Yeah, pretty weird stuff. Was it was it his first like event on clay this year? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah first, first on the clay. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's the reason. I mean, we shall see in, in Munich, I think he's playing this week. Yes, yeah. Right. Um, anything else in, in Prague? Maybe the fact that Francisco Cabral won another doubles title. He he doesn't even have to play with Nuno. I mean, he he just <laughs> he just takes whatever partners. I mean, this is actually his first title without Borges. <laughs> but but yeah, but maybe that's gonna be. I'm really excited to see them if I can see them in uh, Estoril this this week. Uh, Borges and Cabral, if they can do any major impacts, because in challengers obviously they have been absolutely incredible. Uh, we obviously had Lukas Kubot's great return to, oh, yeah. to challenge doubles uh, with Hasse beat uh, Drzewiecki and Matuszewski in the first round, but lost to Furness and Peniston, the alternates, in the quarterfinals. Can so I go not... for upset of the week uh, with that? <laughs> because honestly, I think it was, like in terms of the odds and in terms of just the sheer shock factor. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something that you want to see yourself doing as a as a veteran doubles player is is you know drop down the level and lost to those two guys who probably never played with each other before and just signed no, up no, no, they on tight no. presumably. Um, yeah, not not amazing from from Hase and, and Kubot. Right, let's move on to split. Uh, where we had Christopher O'Connell beating Jean Borpiroch via retirement in the in the final six three and two love is when Piroche. Uh, retired from the match and then subsequently pulled out from from this week. Uh, for O'Connell, a third challenger title, his first one since October 2019 in Fairfield, moves up 19 spots, number 128 on his route to the final. He beat Barrer, Klein, Juk, and Arnaldi. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on O'Connell taking the title here? Pretty unexpected, uh, but it's cool that he got it because this is actually his first since 2019. Both previous titles he got there, and that was obviously the big year where he made the well, sort of made headlines <laughs> when he uh, when he reached like what 13, 14, 15 finals that year, uh, just emerging from the ITF it, tour. It's to, 82. Yeah, exactly. 80, 80 something wins, and I mean. Uh, just emerged just emerged from the ITF tour to be a threat in challengers as well, uh, and that was incredible. And ever since you know, ever since he made some finals, I think last year he he he, he had one right, um, Centrope, yeah. But but it wasn't really the the Christopher O'Connell that we knew. Uh, again, the draw was pretty decent for him. Still, the, to to make it through without losing a set. Uh, it's a shame we got such a short final due to Piroz yeah. having that back injury. Uh, you know, that was he, he wasn't really able to win this. It was just a matter of time before he throws in the towel. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what Chris O'Connell does with this because that that was pretty unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for Piroz, his second challenger final, despite that injury in the final, he breaks the top two hundred. Uh, up 22 spots, number 189, 
his road to the final included beat uh, a retirement from Trunchate in the first round, then beating Basic, Shevchenko, and Valkush, all without dropping a set, but uh, obviously injured in the final. Couldn't really properly compete. Um, yeah, I think it's a shame for for Pirosh. He he was, I think, at one point earlier in the year, the, the most exciting uh, young player on on the Challenger Tour. Um, I, I, I was really looking forward to to this year. Hopefully, he comes back soon and and strong. Um, yeah, as for the semifinalists, we had a couple of qualifiers make the semis, uh, which is a little bit unusual. Um, let's start with with Arnaldi here. Who beat uh, Kante and Michalski in the qualifying? Torched both of them, dropped only three games to to both, uh, and then beat Hertz, Aydukovic uh, in three, and Arnaboldi in three. Um, yeah, once again, yet another <laughs> young Italian player uh, coming through here on the Challenger Tour. How did you like Arnaldi? Yeah, I mean, there's been some side signs recently, like the the week where he lost to Borges uh, after being match point up, right? Can't remember where it was. Uh, remember said today Abruzzi, and Michal. I mean, the the loss to Michalski. I remember being very excited for the, the win against Michalski. I remember being very excited for this match in the qualifying, and then seeing <laughs> that's you know that thrashing. That he gave him. I mean, maybe in retrospect, it doesn't look that bad now that Arnaldi made the semis. Yes, and the other semi-finalist, uh, Mate Valkus, we, we we spoke about a bit, and he's you know a great result for him uh, in qualifying. He beat uh, Domagoj Bilieshko and got a retirement late from uh, Roka Bataya. Uh, main draw. He was he was ripping through it. Lost, dropped uh, three games against Fatic. Two games against Chelik Bilek, uh, beat Nardi in, in straight sets, and then lost to Pirosh. Uh, should we expect to see Valkus more, more regularly here, making these deep runs? It definitely seems like. I mean, how often do you get an old Hungarian semifinal, by the way? I have no clue. Yeah. But if anyone can check that out, that's that, that's a, quite an interesting stat. After When we talked about Valkus, we talked about this one challenger title that he has, that he was like basically destroying his opponents there uh, and that's like sort of what uh, or, or final right was that the the final to Lorenzi I'm sorry did I am I messing that up yeah a final that he has in in, in Cordelons that before the finals against Lorenzi he was basically destroying his opponents so when I saw the first rounds I was like oh is that is that another week uh, that Mate Valkus just destroys everyone on his way it's, it sort of was up until Pirosh uh, the, the I think that both the quarters and the semis were played on the same day, uh, so definitely a tough physical physical feat for for everyone involved. Maybe maybe that was also what Pirosh you know, struggled with in the final. Yes, uh, as for the doubles, we had uh, Lemons and, and Olivetti uh, taking the title, uh, taking out Dumbia Red Bull in the. F- Final uh, once again. These guys making deep runs. Uh, yeah. Anything else from Split? I don't think so. No. No. All right. We can move on to Aguascalientes, uh, where Mark Andrea Hisler won the title, beating Juan Pablo Fikovic six four four six six three for his fifth challenger title. He moves up seventeen spots to number one hundred twenty seven. On his road to the final, he beat Durasovic. Mejia, Kazo, and Giannu. How did you like Hisler this week? 
Yeah, if you're wondering if Mark Andrea Whistler likes uh, rapid conditions, then his five challenger titles are now three on altitude clay, one in Sibiu, which is like a little bit higher than sea level, and it's still pretty fast for clay, and the carpet in Ismonik. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he was, he was just, I think he had like 12 aces or more in every single match this week. Uh, lots of deciding sets, which again shows the inconsistency, but always played well in these deciders, although he was one uh, breakdown against Durasovic in, in, in the first turn. Uh, but yeah, he went 13-1 combined in uh, Aguas Calientes, uh, Mexico City and San Luis Potosi, which is quite just, you know, just incredible. And this just seems like, uh, it just seems like if we get these stretches of altitude clay challengers in Mexico, then that's going to be like his favorite time of, time of the year for the next uh, couple of years. Yeah, definitely is bread and butter. Uh, do you feel like we sort of overlooked him here when we were picking our winners? I went for Van Aktov and you, you, you went for uh, Hari, I think. No, I, I remember saying that there were like three good picks in the draw, which were Van Rijtov and Jari and Wesler. And well, we just chose the wrong guys. Uh, yeah. Gianni was definitely better than we expected. And, and Van Rijtov's being it, uh, it being Van Rijtov's first match, uh, here in Mexico, maybe also was a factor there. Uh, I was, I actually, for the for mo the most part uh, of the week, I wasn't sure if I picked Jari or Wester, and then I then I remembered. So yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, yeah, for as as for Frikovic's fourth challenger final, uh, moves of twenty three spots, number one hundred eighty one, breaks the top two hundred. Uh, his road was beating Apovic, Zukas. Uh, to Kalkari and then Federico Gallo before losing to Hessler. Uh How did you like Fikovic here? I mean, no, not a player that you usually associate with all digital clay, but I, I liked the performance against Jari a lot. He was still trying to be aggressive on the second serve return, which isn't obvious for you know against against a guy like this. But I, I think it works nicely if you can get to the kick serve early, not let it bounce over your head uh, and yeah he was he was pretty good in the final too uh just as that was pretty much unplayable sets one and three on serve so there's there's really not much you can you can do there uh a, a great run for him for sure he he had one recent uh recently right back back at the beginning of 2021 that he won uh so so also someone maybe that we weren't expecting here at all Especially that as he as in Mexico City and San Luis Potosi, he won just one match, I think. So, yeah, I mean, Mexico City, he, he lost to he lost to Hitler, uh, I think, in the second round. That's yeah. why he sort of halted there. Um, what else in in Aguascalientes? Uh, Tomic won a match, well, through retirement, but he he won against his Shang. <laughs> um, and played two tight sets against Menendez Maceiras, who beat Andre Martin. So that's a little interesting <laughs> corner of the draw. Um, yeah, anybody else you want to talk about here? Artur Gazal had a good run, which is not cool. Uh, yeah. I, I did mention him a lot of times as a potential like breakout talent of 2022. And then he started his season in March and getting very mixed results. 
so yeah. to see him finally do something. I, I don't think the conditions are perfect for him, but he, you know, for, for his height, he has a great serve. So uh, so they're also not 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 awful for him, for sure. Yeah, he, he started on Croatian uh 25Ks and he he didn't didn't enjoy them, I don't think. He yeah. Um yes, right. Let's move on to Tallahassee. Uh, Tallahassee, where Tunglin Wu uh, beat Michael Moe in the final, 6-3-6-4, for his first challenger title. Moves up 66 spots, number 221. Um, On his route to the final, he beat Cornu Chauvang, Emilio Gomez, Christian Harrison, and Zhijian Zhang. Uh, Quite a surprise from from Tunglin Wu, wasn't it? Oh, definitely. Even though he had these, these two challenger finals before we weren't looking at him at all. It was a pretty soft draw, but for the most for the most part, he played very well this week. The the, the serve was the performance and serve was excellent. Uh, the forehand was actually a weapon, which I guess is his primary stroke. But I I, I don't think it's that dangerous most of the time. Uh, but uh, the final was just very a very anticlimactic way to finish the week, really. Uh, Mo just didn't show up at all, which was weird after the the performances that he's had uh, throughout the you know, the tournament in Tallahassee. Yeah, do, do do you think it was sort of fatigue or or more just him not having a good day in the in the final? I have to say, maybe some mental stuff as well. I don't know. <laughs> uh, fatigue could it be? I mean, the the, the, the semi against Gallen was pretty long, but. No, yeah. I have to say, I mean, Wu didn't even play that well in the final. He just did what he was required to do. Mm, yeah, as, as for Mo, he definitely hit the tougher road uh, to reach his eighth challenger final, uh, his first since November 2019 in Knoxville. He was a 90 spots number 179. Uh, he beat Nagal in the first round and took out my pick, Echeveri. Uh, then he beat Kovacevic and he took out your pick, Galan. Uh, to all, all to reach the final where he didn't didn't properly show up. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Still encouraging encouraging signs for yeah. for Michael Mo. To, to I thought I final. was getting a peak. Uh, I was thought, I thought I was getting a point here with Galan, especially when he <laughs> let see Mo six three five two. But well, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Right. As, as as for the semifinalists here, uh, we had Galan reached the semis, uh, beating Koyarini, Kubler, and Watanoki. Had his eighth win streak ended by by Michael Mo. Uh, what, what, what do you think it was that that turned out, that turned around that that match against Mo there? I mean, Mo saved two match points with great serves, and like I think both points were finished with smashes. So. Uh, so just very very short rallies where Galan didn't couldn't really do much, uh, but in the end it was mostly the physical stuff. I mean, after all, Galan was playing his ninth match in like what 11, 12 days. So uh, so in the end it was definitely some physical stuff. But you know, if if you're up six three five two, then however tired you are, you probably should be able to to, to finish the match in two. And Galan didn't, and that hurt him. I mean, Galan probably wins this title if he if he beats Mo. Still, mm, likely, yeah. I mean, we also had Zhijian Zhang uh, show up his first semifinal since May twenty twenty one. 
he beat Steve Johnson, 7-5 in the third, then Yevgeny Donskoy, and then uh, JJ Wolf in the third set tie break. Uh, also a pretty surprising run from, from Zhang, huh? Yeah, that was quite shocking too. Johnson Wolf, that, that's that's definitely great wins for him. But all matches pretty much very, very, very tight. Yet he still managed. Yet he still managed to to pull it off. Yes, uh, and in the doubles we had uh, Guys Brauer transfer his great uh, form that he had from from that run, uh, and 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 with the doubles title with with Christian Harrison. Uh, which which I wasn't really expecting, but uh, yeah. Anything else from from Tallahassee? Probably not. Cool. All right. Let's go to match of the week and upset of the week. Uh, who is your upset of the week? I'm gonna go for. I think this might be a first, but I'm going to go for uh, Fairness Peniston over Hasekubot. <laughs> I mean. I, I, it's not that I thought extremely highly of Kubot's doubles prowess right now. Like the, the I watched some of his main tour matches before that, and uh, it, 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 I, I just don't think he'll ever get back to his top level. Um, that's maybe the maybe it's the pessimist in me, but uh, at this age and without a, a partner that's going to just play with you all the time, it's going to be very hard. Uh, but yeah, I, I I didn't expect this one at all after they beat Drzewiecki and Matuszewski and actually looked quite uh, quite good. And the, I didn't check the other doubles uh, tournaments, but uh, a turn uh, you know a, a, an upset like this rarely happens on the challenger circuit in this competition because it, it would literally have to be like two local random youngsters to. Uh, beating beating some renowned pair for for this uh, for the for this to be bigger than fairness Peniston beating Hase Kubot. Um, yeah, I mean, as for, for Kubot, he turns forty this year, uh, which I guess it's pretty natural that he's declining. Um, I just remember when when he played the the London finals in twenty twenty. I, I remember having this thought that Melo was sort of carrying that team. Oh, for sure, throughout uh, two thousand twenty, uh, yeah. that was yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and then after that he, he takes a, a year off, uh, and then and then tries to come back here. It doesn't really work out. Uh, do you feel like it's his last season potentially? I uh, yeah, I was talking about it with someone, and it's it's possible, but it all depends like on the results. So we can't really. I think I, I think it really depends on how he does, whether he can find a partner or something. I don't know, uh, but I I definitely agree with you that uh, in the last. Uh, you know, in, in the it's in the last couple of years of the Kubot Melo partnership, it it certainly wasn't Kubot that was the strong link there, and that's why I I think at this stage it's going to be hard for him to find a part uh, uh, you know a partner he's gonna play with all the time because uh, simply he he's old and it would have to be someone like you know about his age because no youngster is going to take Kubot right now when he's in this sort of form. No. Yeah, yeah, and probably none of the other sort of challenger level doubles guys in Poland. Do, do, do you think they would take him over? I don't know. I mean, it, that that's possible, but but is it what he wants? That, that yeah. that's sort of yeah, a yeah. question yeah. for him. If, if he's targeting a, a main tour return, he probably wants somebody like like Hasse right now, who sort of has the the ranking to 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 get them into ATP main draws. 
Yeah, they're playing Castorio uh, this week, actually. So, yeah. Uh, for me, the, the biggest upset of the week was uh, Zhang beating Johnson. Um, yeah. Absolutely shocked me in the first round there. Um, yeah. Who was your match of the week? Yeah. If I was to pick out of uh, singles, I would go for Zhang Johnson as well. Who's my uh, match of the week? Um, maybe. Morang Marterer? I don't know. Yeah, the, that's, that's yeah. also what I'm for. Yeah. The alliterative uh, German matchup of big serves, lefty forehands. Uh, but it was quite entertaining, definitely. That actually these guys are gets to like on clay, a match between them gets more watchable. Uh, because yeah. it's possible that if you if you just had them in like a carpet situation. Uh, that it would just be serves, 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 and, and it would get boring. But on clay, on clay, it's actually quite fun to to watch. And obviously, the tiebreak was so dramatic that. Yeah, great fun. 13-11 in the tiebreak. Uh, Morang had like a million match points before he finally yeah. won. Uh, Marter got one at one point, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah great, great, great fun, great to watch. Right, let's get into the previews. Uh, starting with the tournament that you are attending this week in uh, Ostrava. Um, yeah, are you, are you excited for, for Ostrava? Yeah, sure. Uh, I haven't been there yet because I just arrived uh, yesterday. So I missed the yesterday in the evening. So I missed the first round of qualifying. Uh, today, I think it's like the, the finish of that and four main draw matches. So yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's get into the draw here. Uh, but right off the bat, we have a very exciting first round matchup. The top seed current Mute facing Dalibor Svrčina fresh of his final. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, winner faces either qualifier or Jakub Menšik, uh, uh, the wild card who made the Australian Open Juniors final. Um, obviously had that situation with the full body cramp uh, there. Uh, only 16 years old, so I'm curious what you can offer here uh, in, a, in a challenger setting. Then we have Sebastian Offner playing Dvintri Popko, winner facing Josef Kovalik uh, or Jonas Foretek. So quite a quite an exciting first quarter here. Uh, moving on to the second one, we have Alexander Bukic, the fourth seed, playing a qualifier, winner facing Lorenzo Cistino or Gregor Barrer. Uh, then we have Ruri, uh, Yuri Rodionov playing Milos Karol, who I was surprised to see in this draw with the wild card. Um, I, th- I would have assumed the Czechs have enough of their young talents to... <laughs> to yeah, especially in the main draw, right? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe Again, it's some it's, sort of a, you know exchange or... Yeah, it's it's possible. Well, I, I guess we'll see when we get to Bratislava if, or, 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 yeah, if, 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 if somebody gets a wild card. Anyway, the winner of that matchup faces uh, either Borna Goyo or Ryan Peniston. Uh, third section, we have Chung Sin Tseng against the qualifier, then facing either Lukáš Latsko or a qualifier. Um, then we have Zdeni Kolač playing a qualifier, facing then either another qualifier or Filip Horansky. Final section, we have Mats Morain playing a qualifier and then facing either Vitali Sačko or Attila Balaj, who's uh, making a comeback of sorts. I don't think he's played since like January last year. Yeah, Australian Open last year, yeah. Yeah, so so we'll see what he has to offer. Um, and then we have Denis Novak playing Zizou Bergs, winner facing Constant Lestien or Kasper Juk. Uh, plenty of exciting first round matchups here. As for qualifying uh, from the matchups that we know, uh, could be Michalski, could be Klein or Rosenkrantz or, 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 or Naba. Um, yeah, how, how, how do you like the straw here? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for Klein Rosenkrantz today. I think that could be an interesting watch. Klein didn't even lose a game in his first round match, but he got some sort of some Czech youngster, Jan Niedvidek, that I have uh, that I haven't heard of yet. Uh, he's 20, though, that guy. Oh, he's uh, not a youngster. Okay. I just assumed yeah, he, that. Yeah, he's 20 years old uh, and never plays. He, he he's, he's played uh, two professional matches against Klein and Pokorny and then um, played some juniors back in 2019 and also wasn't good. So I don't add some sort of nepotism wildcard, I assume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Michalski Bobrov as well, obviously, because of. Uh, because of my countryman playing is also something that I also want to see. Anyhow, uh, when looking at the at the main draw, as you said, a lot of quality first round matchups here. There was supposed to be one more between Seng and Pirosh, but well, we didn't we didn't end up getting it because Pirosh withdrew. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to go for anything here, really. Like I I I don't really see any front runners in this in this draw. Which makes it, uh, which makes it very tough to go for a winner pick. Many many seeds actually have a tough first round matchup, like Mute playing Stina or um, Novak playing Berks, which is, by the way, like for the third time they played this year, right? Like <laughs> they they've just been running into each other a lot. And then other seeds, the ones that actually have a good draw, are usually facing a qualifier. So I think I'm going to go with Tseng again. I mean, I, that section just seems really weak because there's four qualifiers and Kolash, Koransky and Lachko. So that I don't really know what else to go for here. Yeah, let's go Tseng. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm also going for, for Tseng. Um, it, it, it seems almost like the obvious pick here for me just because, of, as you said, the situation with other seeds, they're, they're tied up in tough matchups. Uh, Latsko is, is nothing on clay at this point. I'll be very surprised if he wins a set really against the qualifier. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I mean, if, 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 if you think it's, it's two tough qualifiers, then it, then it might be difficult. But otherwise, the section, as of right now, looks looks pretty nice for him. Um, right, let's move on to Rome. Rome, where we have Quentin Alice uh, as the top seed playing Enzo Cuaco, winner facing Andrea Pellegrino or qualifier. Uh, then we have Nikola Milevich playing Matteo Arnaldi, winner facing Jesper de Jong or Andrei Kuznetsov. Second section, we have Christopher O'Connor playing Nino Serdarosic with the winner facing Tzedin uh, Wenzel Stebe or qualifier. Uh, next, we have Gilles Simon playing Gianmarco Moroni. Uh, the winner of that faces Alessandro Genesi or qualifier. Third section, a great matchup, I think, or at least very intriguing. Uh, we have Flavio Koboli playing Borna Choric, uh, making his, his comeback to, to the challenges. I, I forgot to look up how long it has been. Since. In week 2017. Yeah, long, five years. Uh, winner of that faces uh, Salvatore Caruso or Tomas Fabiano. Uh, then we have Hugo Granier playing Antoine Huang with the winner facing out of Chile, Bilek, or a qualifier. Final section, Jack Draper uh, comes up here on clay playing Timofey Skatov with the winner facing Giulio Cepieri or Stefano Napolitano. And then we have Manuel Guinard or Franco Agamenone uh, facing one of two qualifiers that meet in the first round. Um, yeah, as for qualifying, 
Kenny the Skipper, and Scooby's Luca Vanash, some some names uh, that that pop up uh, pop up at me from the qualifying lineup. Uh, yes, who, who who do you like here in in Rome? Yeah, Riedi as well, playing for for the first time since the Lugano final. He was very good on clay in juniors, but is it gonna work here in pro tennis? We'll see. We didn't really get the chance to do that yet. Again, very hard to pick from because I don't want to go for O'Connell for the second week. As said, Larusic is a pretty tough matchup as well. The, the first two seeds have been dominating the Challenger Tour, but are they great on clay? Alice is okay. Draper, we don't really know yet. He he struggled last year when, when he played clay. I mean, he, he I mean, had a nice 25k run, I think, but whenever he played challengers, uh, I, I don't think it was. Yeah, good. that was like in the uh, in late summer. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think he had, it was like uh, combined with some physical issues that he had uh, after after Wimbledon, right? But before Wimbledon, I don't think he played uh, a clay challenger. I, I have a feeling that he will do well, but whether it's well enough to win the title, ooh, I don't think so. Koboli Choric, I really don't want to get into this. Like, honestly, I, I, I think I just, I'm, okay, let me just slam a Borna Choric pick. I don't care. Ooh. All right, all right. Spicy. He, was, he was good on the main tour, like just 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 a couple of weeks yeah. ago. So so I, I I think this is actually a bit of a step down compared to what he what he had to do in his last matches. And I mean, good. He took a set of Sinner, took a set of Zverev, took a set of Davidovich Fokina, one win against Verdasco, which perhaps isn't that impressive. But I don't know. I'll, if he beats Kovali, then I think he's set for a good run. Yeah. All right. I mean, this, this sort of shocked me. Um, I'm taking Quentin Alice. It's a it's a tough first round, I guess, against against Quaco, uh, But I, I, I like his section for the most part. I don't think Arnaldi is going to have two big runs in a row. Um, yeah, he, he's been one of the best challenger tour players this year. So we're sort of going for these polar, polar opposites of these picks. Um, but yeah, it should, should be exciting. I'm going for Quentin Alice. Yeah, it looks like, by the way, a semi-final wouldn't get Alice into the top 100 this week. Looks like he would need a final, right? Because the semi, a semi at the Chandra AD is like 29 points, and he's not 30 there. points. 30 points yeah. now. So I'm yeah. actually not sure, because it depends on how uh, how good his last uh, result out of 18 is. But with how much he played, I think he would actually have to make the final. Yeah, so so I think he's defending seven points uh, this week. That would mean that he even need the a, a final to reach the top. Yeah, his week. last best countable result is eight. So even if he gets thirty, it's actually twenty two. So no, he yeah he he needs he needs a final. Yeah. Right. Uh, moving on, we can go to Savannah, Savannah, Georgia, uh, where we have top seed uh, Thomas Martina Cheveri playing a qualifier. Uh, the winner that faces Nicola Kuhn or another qualifier. Then we have a fun matchup between Teddy Sandgren and Alexis Galarno. Uh, winner of that plays uh, Christian Harrison or another qualifier. Uh, second section, we have Emilio Gomez playing Jason Jung. Uh, winner faces Alex Ribakov or Kaichi Uchida. Uh, then we've got JJ Wolf playing Ramkumara Ramanathan, potential second round matchup with Michael Moe uh, if he beats Jason Kubler. Third section, we have Jack Sock playing Mikhail Torpegard, uh, winner playing Dung Dinubu or Sumit Nagal. Uh, 
Demir Tomas Barrios Vera playing a qualifier. Uh, we know that he's in Zhijian Zhang or another qualifier. And the final section, we have Stefan Kozlov playing a qualifier. We know that he's in Oliver Crawford or Lerner Tien. Um, then we have Bjorn Fertangelo playing Mohamed Safwad, winner facing Noah Rubin or Guys Brower. Uh, yeah, sort of a, an interesting draw here in, in Savannah. Uh, who do you like here? Um, yeah, I mean, in, in the qualities, there's not really like names that can win it. Uh, not really. Not that maybe. I, I, I liked him when I saw him last year. Um, I know, but last week he actually lost to Lerner Tien, the guy who has a wildcard oh. here. He's 16. <laughs> Uh, and well, he 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 just played like his second professional event. I think he's about the around the top fifty in juniors. And mm-hmm. he uh, well, he he beat Nanda in the quarters, which was a bit of a shock. And then lost to Yi Bing Wu, the two thousand seventeen U.S. Open boys singles champ. Anyhow, uh, there's also a fabulous first uh, final qualifying round matchup between Arthur Fields and Donald Young. Yes. Wow, that's like. Uh, I, I have to watch this. I, I hope it will be. I, I hope it will be after Ostrava finishes, but probably, uh, which it it may, uh, depending on how uh, where it's scheduled. I can't remember. Anyhow, um, looking at the draw, I think there's three guys that are really tempting for me here. All three of them we've been picking like countless times. And these <laughs> two of them in the American challengers and one of them uh, more in South America. I'm obviously talking of Echeverry, Sock and Fotangelo. And honestly, I don't know what to go for. All of their draws are pretty good. Like Fratangelo probably has the tougher, toughest quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. Sock, if he beats Torpegard, then he plays Wu. But I, I, I really think Sock should beat him. And Echeverry, he didn't play that poorly last week. He was just beaten by Mo in, in one of the great performances that the American had. Uh, perhaps Echeverry's quarter is the easiest. Um, so let's go Echeverry, okay. I, uh, yeah, disagree for once. I'm, I'm not picking Echeverry. Uh, it's, it's the shock of the week here. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel I feel like the potential quarterfinal is, is, is tough. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's as easy. Uh, well, what I do like is, however, however, is Fratangelo's section. He's he's been bad this year. He's he's not been very good. Um, but Kozlov has been even worse. Uh, Brower could be dangerous potentially. Noah Rubin is you know playing tennis. Um, but I I do like him to to make the semifinal out of here. Um, not 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 quite as a lock. But I do think that he's definitely the most likely one, and I think it's it's the easiest section really for for uh, for Tangelo here. So I'm going to pick him. No, Rubin actually looked quite good in Oeiras. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how much it will you know it will still remain the case here. We'll see. Yeah, the, the played 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 Rybakov in three sets. Eh, I don't know. I don't think he's going to beat Fratangelo. We'll see. Um, next we can go to, right, do, do we want to call this tournament uh, Morelos or, or Cuernavaca? Because it is in Cuernavaca, but I see everybody written, every, everywhere written Morelos. Yeah, I, I had the same dilemma and I, I have no clue what I will do yet. No, I, I don't know. Everyone just calls it Morelos, yeah. But but it, it is technically in Cuernavaca and we usually say like, I don't know, 
Ostrava Challenger, not something, uh, not the name of it. I don't know. It's, yeah. Well, okay. So, so in, in Morelos, we have Ernesto Escobedo, uh, the top seed playing. There is Istamin, who who's, who's been interesting the past couple of weeks. Uh, he hasn't been quite as uh, sort of walking by self <laughs> that we saw that we saw at some points. Uh, so that would be an interesting first match. Winner faces uh, Calvin Emery or Prajesh Gunesvaran. Uh, then we have Braden Schner playing Andre, uh, uh, Adrian Menendez-Maceras. Winner faces Kandre Mansuri or a qualifier. Second section, Juan Pablo Fikovic playing Alexander Kovacevic. Big, big match here. Uh, winner gets to face Bernard Tomek or Yun Seong Chung. Uh, then we have Yuchi Sugita playing Alex Hernandez. Winner faces a qualifier. Um, third section, Jake Clark plays Viktor Durasovic, winner facing Gokala Oliveira or a qualifier. Uh, then there's Nicolas Mejia uh, playing Philip Cristian Giano, winner facing uh, Roberto Quiroz or Mexican wildcard called uh, Jauregui Sainz de Rosas. Do you know how old he is? No, no. I, 28. I, 28. Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, final section Team Manitoban play a qualifier uh, winner faces Steven Diaz or another qualifier then we have Rinki Hijikata playing Rodrigo Pacheco Mendes uh, winner facing Malik Jaziri or Peja Kerskin who do you like here in Morelos Hijikata Pacheco Mendes that's that's a brilliant matchup uh, anyhow uh, from the qualities there's probably not much guys that can really do fun how how long it has been since Fajing Soon played? That's a question that I that I can't exactly uh, you know, find an answer to myself. He played he played qualifying in Salinas, really. I missed it. Uh, but he he had a break of two years between the Bendigo Challenger 2020, and then he played the qualities in Salinas, which I totally missed. He lost to Rubin Stadium, and here he beat uh, Mukund. And now he's playing uh, Aziz Dugas in the final qualifying round. Anyhow, uh, probably not looking at any of the qualifiers in terms of like who can go deep here. Uh, it's not that strong a draw, really. Uh, so I'm thinking of some weird picks. Uh, I definitely want to watch uh, Hijikata uh, this week. I think he he really is due uh, a solid run at the challenger level. And he is one of the guys that I'm thinking of. And the other one is also in that section. And I think even though Van Rijthoven lost to Gianno last week, I think I'm still going to go for him. Uh, Hardcourt's uh, still, still on reasonable altitude, should also play into, you know, into his strengths. Uh, so yeah, I think he's a, he's a stronger pick here between him and Hijikata. Um, yeah, so, so everything on Hijikata, and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he lost to Steven Diaz last week, but yeah, that, 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 that was clay. Um, so I guess that's more understandable. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll match you up here in that quarter and I'll go for Rinki Hijikata. A pretty interesting call to go to Sarasota, then to Aguas Calientes, and then back and then to Morelos for him. Like I'd usually expect maybe Rinki to stay on green clay there, but okay. Yeah, I mean I, I assume that he just wanted to get off clay in general. Maybe <laughs> possible. Possible, uh, yeah. Yes, to close us out here, we have a, a Buenos Aires challenger 
where uh, Facundo Bagnes with the wild card is the top seed playing a qualifier, uh, then facing General Alberto Olivieri or another qualifier. Also in a section, Santiago Rodriguez Taverna playing a qualifier and João Dominguez playing a qualifier. Second section, we have Renzo Olivo playing Maxime Janvier. Uh, winner faces Gonzalo Lama or Andrea Cuiarini. Then we have Felipe Meligini Rodriguez Alves playing Juan Bautista Torres. Winner facing Alejo Lorenzo Lingua Lavallén or Gustavo Haide. Um, Third section, Camilo Hugo Carabelli plays Facundo Juarez, winner facing Facundo Diaz Acosta or a qualifier. Uh, then we have João Menezes uh, playing Gonzalo Villanueva, winner plays Roman Andres Boruchaga uh, or a qualifier. Final section, Juan Pablo Barrias plays um, Hilbert uh, Clier Jr., uh, winner faces Hernan Casanova or Paul Martin Tifon. Uh, then we have Nicolas Kicker playing Luciano uh, Daderi. Winner plays Cristiano Rodriguez or Francisco Comesana. Uh, yes, who, who pops out at you here in, in Buenos Aires? That's definitely the strongest draw out of the American challengers that we get this week. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot of these South American guys that, we, that we've definitely picked in the past that have definitely won challengers in the past. Um, I think I'm more looking at Farias right now. And I think that that no one is really popping at me enough to uh, to start thinking about someone else. Uh, uh, from the qualities, I don't think there's anyone that can really make a deep run. I, I, I really want to see Dan, uh, Daniel Zuckerman. Uh, he was very good in college, then you know, was expected to be one of these guys that can actually make it in the pros and has just not been doing any any sort of impacts. Like had a one futures final thing or something like you know, something like this. Maybe maybe one title before that as well, or or, or something like that. Just not the impact that uh, that was expected of him at some point, just glimpses of uh, of the things that he can do. Uh, there, there's a, some other good picks, like maybe Hugo Carabelli, even though that's actually a pretty tough section. Uh, Bagnis as well. I mean, that given the fact that he has so many qualifiers, I don't know why I'm not even thinking of Bagnis. I'm just going to slump Evarias peak. I'm assuming he cannot really get into, into the top 100 with, with this title, but I'm not... Uh, but, but I haven't checked that. I know he can't. He would be 10 points away if he wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Varias are considered. I'm going Bagnis, though. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Oliveri could be tough. Rodriguez Tavena, since those uh, since, since those uh, two two weeks to begin his year, uh, has kind of I don't I don't know struggled, but he's been sort of more mediocre. Like he he, he did win a 25k, but then he lost in quarterfinals the next week. Uh, his his challenger results have have not been amazing. He's had one challenger win since then, including losses to I don't know uh, Oliveira Milojevic. Um, so yeah, who, who knows? Maybe he'll surprise me and take out my pick here. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty confident taking taking Bagnis here. Uh, I again I I don't know why why I didn't go for Bagnis. I mean, just uh, I just think they're they're maybe at a at a similar power level probably. So just uh, the question of who speaks out to me more when. 
uh, when we're recording this, so in the in on, on Monday morning. Uh, is it everything that we had to cover? Yes, yeah. Yay. So that's actually a shorter episode than we've done in the past. Uh, I hope you still enjoyed it, though. Uh, perhaps you're longing for these 90-minute episodes. Uh, you're probably going to get one next week. So uh, <laughs> so if you are, that's that's good for you. Anyhow, we're going to be back in a week to discuss Rome, Ostrava, Buenos Aires, Morelos or Cuernavaca, however you want to call it, and Savannah, Georgia. Yes, <laughs> not not Florida here, but uh, we've also we're also it's also USDA, so there's also going to be commentary. Also, in other big news, maybe that's actually quite important. Maybe we should have started with it. Uh, the live stream ADP website seems to have died. Like the, uh, you're only going to get Challenger streams on Challenger TV from now on. Although uh, there's a lot of weird informa- misinformation going around, I heard that actually the transition wasn't wasn't like they wanted to do that, like they wanted to switch the Challenger TV to drive more traffic into the website, but uh, the transition was supposed to be like smooth, not just instant, like it was on Saturday. So perhaps livestream will be back for a few weeks or something like this, but uh, as of now. Challenger TV is the only option. Uh, I guess we'll get used to it, but honestly, I myself was a live stream user and uh, the Challenger TV uh, design uh, is a little bit... uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, like there's just a couple of small details that make it uh, less... uh, just just not as efficient for me to use as live stream was. Uh, But, you know... Perhaps it's just something that, you know, it's just new for me and I will get used to it. So, yeah, I have, uh, well, you used to be a live stream user. I didn't notice I've been doing betting sites for, for the past couple of weeks for my streams. Okay. Um, just, just just so I have them all together and I can just, it's, it's easier to switch in between, I guess, mm-hmm. main tour and, and challenger stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a shame because that, that was one of the, you know, big assets of, of the <laughs> Challenger tours. It was, it was a live stream. You evolved the, yeah, all of the streams together. It's very easy to switch in between. Whereas yeah. the Challenger TV stuff, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a great fan of, of how that. That's my main like, issue that the, the, the streams are now, like, it's cool that they divide it into tournaments. Like if, if it was done, in some other way, it's cool. But yesterday, when I was watching, I was actually on a train and I was watching the Tallahassee and the Guascalientes finals on my phone. So I just switched between them. And it wasn't like just switch. I actually had to scroll down the list of numerous qualifying matches and also past streams from the tournaments yeah. that were yeah, there. What's, what's, what's live? What isn't live? Like it yes. doesn't. Also, when you're uh, when you're in a live stream, and then under it, you you have links for the previous streams from this tournament, not to other live events going right now, which would be helpful. Maybe maybe they're gonna make some improvements there. Maybe live stream is gonna be back for a few weeks, but I know it is a it is a permanent like strategy from the ATV to to actually go off live stream. It just wasn't supposed to be that instant, but we'll see. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you guys in a week. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric episode of the podcast from Cracked Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Babro. A huge thank you to the both of them for their continued contributions to us here at Cracked Rackets. I know I say it every week. I mean it every time. You are not going to find two people more passionate, more intelligent, more ensconced on the ATP Challenger beat than Damian and Jakob. So a huge thank you to them, as always, for their contributions. Of course, as I mentioned at the top, you're looking for anything happening in the tennis world. We've got you covered here at Cracked Rackets. You can find all of our content at the website, crackedrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Mini Break Podcast feed, Cracked Interviews Podcast, and our YouTube channel to ensure that you don't miss out on any of our coverage. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at A.L. Gruskin. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, on the ones and twos, and who, as always, has a editing job to do day in, day out. Shout-out, as well, to our friends at Turner. Remember, contact sales at uniquesports.com to Day to join the Turner family. With all that said, for Crack Records contributors Damien Kustin, Jakob Babro, our super producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Records and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say hey, great shot, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thank you.